Let's read together. Let's go to John 5, 26 through 27. And I'm going to give you your title. You're going to say it to your neighbor. Somebody say amen. amen. Here we go. John 5, 26, 27. And it says, when the helper, when the advocate, when the Holy Spirit, when the friend I plan to send you from the Father comes, the spirit of what? The spirit of my opinion, no. the spirit of religion, no. the spirit of denomination, no. the spirit of, truth. say it strong, truth. which means that truth only comes from God. We don't have truth. I'm going to speak my truth. You don't have one. I'm just hard to get along with. Being rude is not a personality type. It's going to take you a long time to get in my circle. Being rude and mean is not, like, that's not a person. Why would you put that on your Tinder account? It's hard to get in my circle, but if I don't meet. No, it's stupid. Spirit of truth. truth comes from God. Spirit of truth issuing from the Father. He will confirm what? Everything. A little bit of? Yeah. A portion of? A percentage of? Look at your neighbor and scream at him. Say everything about me. Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to look at your neighbor. This is the title of my message today. And after you say this title, I want you to sit down and let's get, let's get right, all right? Here it is. Look at your neighbor. Say, I feel my help coming. Take a seat. Now, if you are from the Kojic or the Baptist persuasion, oh, yeah. They might start a sermon like this. They have all of these different pauses uh, in between the words. In hope of emphasizing little tiny parts of the word and then the pastor or the bishop will get to this point where he would have you fall in love with what's coming out of his mouth more than what's coming out of the word because if I sing good and I make you move and I give you goosebumps then the spirit came but I want to let you know that just because I can sing doesn't mean that the spirit nine times out of ten when that happens they don't have anything to say but if I can get you to listen to the words coming out of my mouth like that out of my mouth try it say out of my mouth. Yeah, you gotta put a dip. You can't just say out of my mouth. No, you can say out of uh, my mouth. And then they do this thing, uh, and I believe. I believe. I feel my help coming. And based on how much I sweat and how loud I get. And based off of how many people run in the room, you would think that the glory came. And you might say, we had good church. But when you leave this building, you ain't got no power. All you got is... I don't know about you, but I don't need no more. I want some real power that comes from on high. That when I walk in the room, everything begins to change. 
Somebody say, uh-huh. Now that I got you primed, can we teach the word? But little did they know, I feel my help coming. Okay, here we go. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Just black. Just white. Just the left. Just the right. Just the donkey. Just the elephant. Who? All. So if the ministry coming from anywhere that you're hearing begins to discriminate against any person, it's not the truth. If the congregation doesn't look like heaven, you can't, you can't say that we went to church. But so many people right now are listening to what you just heard for an hour. I don't know about you. Hooping is cool if you're saying something. Ooh, if you're saying something. But I didn't come to the, if I wanted to hear somebody sing, I would have bought a ticket to go see PJ Morton. I want you to teach me the truth so I can take the truth to the crib. You feel, you feel what I'm saying? Matthew 28, 19 says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the... And the, and the Holy Spirit. When you look at this in the message, it says baptizing them in the name of God the, God the, God the. But at some point in time, we have got this whole thing with the Holy Spirit confused. We think it's a feeling. We think it's the evidence of, but I can do that anywhere. I bet you all of y'all that say, I'm not a Husker fan. If I can get you in Husker Red and get you to Memorial Stadium, you're going to feel something, even if you don't show it. Can I, can I teach you some history as, as we move forward? If you're ready for the word, clap once. 1906, let's go to L.A. 1906, there were predominantly only two or three different denominations in the United States. You had Catholicism. You had the Christian church that was split between Baptist and Lutheran. And then you had these other folks because, you know, America was owned by other people before other people got here that worshiped gods and trees and plants and the spirit inside of you. But a man by the name of William Seymour, can you say William Seymour? He began doing these prayer groups with people in the middle of the streets of L.A. And as he began to pray with these people, it said that these people grew from 10 to 15, from 15 to 20, from 20 to 100, to the point where there are thousands of people in downtown L.A. literally walking around murmuring. To the point of where the L.A. Times began writing, it seems like every day for the past couple of weeks, random people of all shapes, creeds, colors, and races are down, are down in downtown L.A. and they're mumbling. They couldn't figure out what these people were saying. They couldn't tell what was going on with these folks. So they tried to figure out what in the world is going on. Somebody say, what in the world is going on? People are walking around mumbling. People would call it zombies. People would say, like, it seems like they're drunk. But what happened is, is that William Seymour began to give his life and dedicate it to people, teaching them about the Holy Spirit. He didn't tell them that it was a feeling. He didn't tell them that the Holy Ghost is going to infiltrate your body and make you do weird things. But he began to introduce people to the last part of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You've met the Father. You know the Son. But today we're going to talk about why, if you're going to be a part of the nation of AWC, 
You can't do it without a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, you can't do it without the Holy Spirit. After this time in 1906, this place where this stuff was happening was called Azusa Street. Azusa Street, like people would come and they would start speaking in tongues and they would begin getting filled with the Holy Spirit and people's legs were going back. And like, like people who had miscarriages, babies were reformed in the womb. Like people's teeth were turning into gold. People that had lumps in their head were becoming smoothed out. And then what happened was, is that every time that a miracle would happen, William Seymour would tell the people not to praise him, but to praise who? It's not me. I'm not spiritual. I have the spirit on the inside of me, and he's the one that does the work. But then William Seymour began to give his life to this thing, teaching people that the same spirit that you think is in me, guess what? You can have him in you. And for years, people started coming from miles around. They used to come from all, like, the nations, and they would come and bring people, not just to get healed, but they wanted to participate in understanding what the spirit of God was. But this is the funny thing about it is that at any point in time, write down my point number one, the enemy will always pervert and divide what brings us power and dominion. Imagine it, 1906, in L.A., you have black, you have white, good to go, you have black, you have white, you have green, you have chicken noodle soup, all of these different creeds, all of these different races, all of these different cultures coming together, and and not all of them spoke English, not all of them spoke Cantonese, but at some point in time, they all began speaking the same language. If I want to destroy a nation, I don't kill your food. I don't necessarily have to mess with your currency. If I can get all of you to begin to divide amongst yourselves, everything else will fall apart. And at some point in time, what God was doing at Azusa Street where the Holy Spirit was coming, people, came from, people started to participate, but then their heart posture changed and they just came to spectate. So it went from, I believe everything that's happening here, my life will be changed to... I'm just coming to see what this is all about. And the problem with the enemy is that he understands that if we can understand this thing called unity, all of the isms are done. You can't love God and support isms. There are certain things that happen in the world that when somebody brings up the conversation, you shouldn't have an opinion. If you have an opinion, you can't call yourself a Christian. What do you think about X, Y, and Z? I don't have an opinion. Well, I think that means that you think that some people deserve to be in chains and other people deserve to go to college based off of the color of their skin. Even to the point that if we get all of our races in our own box, racism will begin in that box. We will always find something to put somebody above and beneath. So I don't want you to think that this is just a thing of color and this is a thing of race and culture, but this is a thing of not really understanding that the same stuff that's in me that makes me great Guess where else it is? It's in you. So people started to come to what was happening on Azusa Street. And what happened was that the miracles began to happen less and less and less. And people started to think that it was because God didn't want to be there anymore. But what we have to understand is that out of this, two different denominations came out. Can you say two different denominations? The church of God in Christ, you can't be born in. I mean, you can't just join in. You got to be born in. And the assemblies of God. Both believing the same thing, but they couldn't do it together. When I say the same thing, wake up. When I say the same thing, but one of them derived from Africa, Church of God in Christ, and the other one came from Eurocentric Europe. 
And now, because of the enemy's ability to pervert and divide, we can have people that believe the same God but hate each other. They're your friends. They're the people that you blocked on Facebook. You can sit in this place and love the same God but not believe in the same love, hope, dominion, and power. I'm cool with love, hope, dominion, and power if it's for me. Well, I'm cool with love, hope, dominion, and power if it's for me. But I'm a dark-skinned brother, but there's this area in between where the black meets that. And like, well, what, about, what about everybody in between? Who's our God? And your pastor gave you the key last week. If we begin to build a God in our own head, we tell God that it's no longer the spirit of truth. It's the spirit of my interpretation. And we can begin standing in the place of God. So what happened was is that William Seymour began teaching the people about the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues and they started to get, I'm going to talk about these spiritual gifts. But what happened was is that these two different sects, the church of God in Christ and the assembly of God took something that was supposed to unify and they used the Holy Spirit as a tool to divide. We don't speak in tongues. Well, we do. Therefore, we can't be worshiping the same God. And they took something that was coming from truth and the church began to use if you weren't or if you were filled with the spirit, if you could come into the church. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? I don't know. You can't come to church with us. And something that was given to us as a helper began to be used as a rope to hang people. Today, I'm going to teach you through the word of God, not my opinion, but through my study, that the Holy Spirit is not, is, is, is not a, a thing. He's not a culture. He's not a, he's not a nation of people. He's not a race. He's not affiliated with any type of party. But the Holy Spirit created the, I mean, sorry, God created the Holy Spirit to be a, somebody scream, helper. Help. Somebody say, help me. Help. Let's look at this word denomination. AWC is non-denominational. What does that mean? Churches are trying to get us to turn into something that's not biblical. Church of God in Christ is not biblical. The assembly of God is not biblical. The Lutheran church, the apostolic church, they're not biblical. There is the ministry of the apostolic. There is the gift of the spirit. But the church of God in Christ is something that somebody took because they wanted to do it their way. Let's break down this word denomination. The word denomination, the word denomination is a Latin word that comes from the word dominare. So denomination comes from this word where people are trying to dominate people based on what they believe. The meaning of this word means to name. Christianity was considered a sect of Judaism in Acts 24 and 5. Denominations began to, to develop as the history of Christianity progressed and adapted. And they began to base denominations based off of who they didn't want to show up to the party. This is the assembly of God. But you guys believe the same God, don't you? Yeah, we believe the same God. But we believe the same. Can we talk? Yes. But we believe the same God. No, no, no. This is our God. Your God is at the church of God in Christ across the street. And this is why you, in every city that you go to, every city that you go to, Baptist church, coaching church, Baptist church, liquor store, liquor store, Baptist church, church. Adult store, hair store, hair store, hair store, Chinese joint, Baptist church, Kojic church, Catholic church, Lutheran church, Lutheran church, Lutheran church. And then you have all of these churches that can't come into unity and they all think that their church and their congregation is their people. Here at AWC, we don't own you. 
You'll never hear us say, my church, my members. No, because the minute that I claim something, I have to sustain it. And I'm not interested in sustaining people's lives. We're not interested in beating the nomination over your head so that you can say you're a part of an affiliation that didn't come from the word. This is the reason why we're non-denominational, because we want to make sure that if you connect with God, it's by desire and not by being damaged. So what happens? People begin to fake this thing called the spirit to fit in, but their lives are still in turmoil. In the church for 30, 40, 50 years, and everybody else is being saved, but they're trying to figure out, you know, this God thing doesn't work. And I want to apologize front and center to all of you that are watching that are ready to tune out. I want to apologize for the people that hurt you because of spirituality. Bump this, you thinking this is church and holy. No, let's talk. I apologize for the person who abused your gifts only because they wanted you to worship on the worship team, but they didn't care if you knew the Holy Spirit. I apologize for the person that wanted you to come and sit in the purple seat and give a tithe so that they could build a building that never happened, but they didn't ever teach you that the same God that's on the inside of me can be inside of you. I, we apologize, but if you give me just about 30 minutes, I can introduce you, not to me, there's nothing good about me, but what's on the inside of me is this unlimited source called the Holy Spirit that actually does this thing. Can somebody say, help? help. It helps me. Does anybody need any help? I'm tired of doing this on my own. Why am I in this relationship with God for the past 10, 15, 20 years and nothing's changed? I can't differentiate between the enemy, my voice, and his. Like, I should know something by now. And I apologize because if you, if they did it correctly, your relationship should be stronger with the Holy Spirit than it is with the pastor. I have nothing to give you. The Holy Spirit is the giver of what? All truth. Can we jump into this word? Here we go. Point number two. The Holy Spirit is a person who gives power and carries God's presence. For the longest time, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit as this feeling. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit as he's in the room. You know what I'm talking about? People say this all the time. How was church today? Oh, girl, the spirit was high. What does that mean? The spirit was in the room. What, what is that? You have people that are walking around the stage. He's here. He's here. And there are some people in the back like, I don't know about you, but I don't feel nothing. And we have regulated something that shouldn't be comprehensible because it comes from God. And we try to put it in our box of humanity so that we can feel good. So we say it's a feeling. But look at your neighbor and say the Holy Spirit is a person. He is a being. Anytime you see the Holy Spirit in the word of God, it is preceded by he. Not it. Not this ethereal thing. Look at your neighbor and say he. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the what? Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey what? Some of the commandments? All of them. Which means that you don't get to choose the one that you don't want to obey and then use grace as a lie. God knows my heart. No, he doesn't. When it comes to sin, God does not know your heart. God knows I like to dip my toe in the honey jar. He doesn't understand. And there's conviction for everything that you do. But if you create a God in your head that doesn't make you follow all 10, you can feel that you're good. But at some point in time, the God of all judgment is going to judge your soul. So let's not waste people's time trying to tell them that God loves your sin. God absolutely hates sin. The reason why he hates sin is because he say this curse word, holy. Ooh, what'd you say? God can't be with sin. So we want to teach you about the God that actually exists and not this ethereal one that makes you feel good. 
We want him to make you feel good. If we make you feel good, you'll be numb to when it actually needs to happen. God the Father, God the Son, God the I feel my help coming. There's three. Look at your neighbor say three and one. I'm about to make this thing so simple for you so that you can literally look back at your life and not judge the people that taught you wrong. Because how many of you guys know people can only teach you what they know? Your country pastor in the backwoods of Mississippi, Memphis, Tennessee, whatever, they taught you what you know. They, some of those people, even though it might not have been 100% the Bible, how many of you got saved in an old country church? How many of you got saved in AA? How many of you got saved in, in, in a halfway house? How many of you got saved in somebody's car while you were getting high, but somebody led you to the Lord? Doesn't matter about what was happening in the atmosphere. Look at your neighbor and say, the spirit was always there. What? He was always there. Doesn't matter where he is. He's in the brothel. He's in the strip club. He's in the crack house. And if that makes you feel weird, that means that you might be a little bit too far away from your salvation. Because remember where you were when you met him. You remember what you smelled like when you met him? Do you remember what you were doing when you met him? He was there the whole time. So why do we make it seem like people have to come into this building and we have to give them something that they have to pay for when it's something that should be given to them freely? The Holy Spirit, look at your neighbor, says, say, comes free of charge. Three in one. Look at your neighbor, say three in one. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, thy will be in heaven. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. God doesn't need any help in heaven. We don't teach messages about going to heaven because the only thing you're going to do in heaven is sing holy Holy, holy is Lord. There ain't no mansions in heaven. That's why those songs that I was singing earlier, even though they might be making you feel good, they're not biblical. I'll have my mansion now. What mansion? The streets are paved in gold to celebrate him, not to make you feel good. So how many people do you think are in heaven right now that are taught a message of going to heaven? It's going to be all good. And they're like, I'm tired of singing up here, bro. It's another day. We'll be singing holy, holy. I'm tired of this, dog. Maybe the pastor was right when he said that I needed some money to do what I need to do. That's why we don't want to gear you up for going to heaven because the kingdom is supposed to be lived out here on earth through you. The son, Luke twenty-two sixty-nine, 69, says, seated at the right hand of God the Father, and then there's the spirit. So can I break this down for you? Can you throw out my art, please? Look at your neighbor, and I want you to say what's at the top of the screen. Throw it up, please. What does it say? They are all God. Let's break them down. God the Father, God the Son, God the... I'm going to teach you because the Father isn't more powerful than the Son and the Son is not more powerful than the Holy Spirit. If you've met one, you've met all three at the same time. Look at your neighbor. Say they have three different functions. They do three different things, but they're still the same God. But they are all in different places. Okay? Let's do it. God the Father. That's his name. That's, that's who he is. Somebody say God the Father. He is the originator of, originator of everything. He created time so that we could understand what it is. He created lamp. Uh, he created ideas. He created, he created the idea of a tree. He created the idea of a chair. Like the way that Jesus did his work is that he didn't create chairs. What did he create? Trees. He, did, he didn't create cement. What did he create? Elements. Look at your neighbor. When Jesus said, when Jesus rested on the seventh day, guess what? 
He was done creating. God hasn't created another thing since he took his rest. You want to know who he built to do all the other creating here on earth? So when we ask God, Father God, help me with X, Y, and Z, guess what? He's not coming. How many of you are managers? You manage people. You want to know what my biggest pet peeve is about working with people? When they come and ask me a million questions about the job I hired them for that they said that they could do. So what do you want to do? Why did I hire you? And God is saying, why do you keep calling on me to do stuff that I gave you the power to do? God the, whose function is to create. That's all he does. He creates the idea of freedom in your heart. He, he created trees. He created all of the element, elements. And where is God? He's in heaven. Why do bad things happen on earth if God is, if, if God is, is all powerful and omnipotent? Because he doesn't have control of the earth. When he made you, he gave it to you. That should be your answer to the people. Well, if God is so loving, why is there turmoil, turmoil on earth? Because there's no unity amongst his children. It's not God. You're a parent. You do it all the time. If you ran into every little squabble that your kids had, okay, stop. Okay, stop. Okay, stop. No, no, no. You want them to learn how to do what? Play together. God the Father, who is in now, the next person is who? Jesus. God the Son. If God the Father is the creator and he, he is in heaven, what is the function of Jesus? Jesus came to earth to be our Savior. God is holy. When Adam and Eve fell from, and when, they, when they fell from grace, right, sin entered their bodies. What that meant was is that they could no longer be in the presence of God the Father. Because God didn't create sin. We desired it. God didn't create evil. We desired it. God didn't create terrorism. We desired it. The spirit of truth means that all good things come from the Father. So if it's frustration, headache, anxiety, depression, look at your neighbor and say it's not from God. God understands that if I want to be back with my children, I have to send somebody to redeem them because now they're dirty. Somebody has to clean them up. So what does he do? He sends a man named Jesus. Jesus dies on the cross, and then once he dies, what happens? He goes to hell in the grave. He gets the keys, gets your power and your dominion, and then he gives you an opportunity to believe in him. Romans, Romans 10, 9, what does it say? If you believe in your and confess with your that Jesus is, you are saved. You're salvaged. Once Jesus died, where did he go? But Jesus lives in my heart. No, he doesn't. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. But when Jesus died, he said, it's better that I go because I'm going to leave you a helper. He even told the disciples, I need to go because if I'm still here, the spirit can only live inside of. So Jesus had to give his life on the cross because when he died and said, it is finished, he released a spirit that was supposed to be picked up by somebody else. Look at your neighbor and say the sacrifice was necessary. 
Anybody learning? Y'all leaning into this? God the Father in heaven, his function is to create. God the Son, he sits at the right hand of God the Father, and his function is to? But what about God the Holy Spirit? What's his function? To help. Look at your neighbor. Say, he's a helper. But he can't help you if you've never accepted him. I feel powerless in my faith, but I'm saved and I'm serving and I'm tithing and I'm giving. Yes, you can walk in power, but in order to have the power on the inside of you, you have to accept the Holy Spirit. A lot of you are picking up second, third, and fourth, and fifth different jobs trying to provide for your family, thinking that you can do it. And you're striving because you don't got the Holy You're going into debt, buying the townhouse and the car to make her love you, and you can't figure out, man, she got 10 Birkins, which on really, that's, that's bread. That's like $175,000 amongst five bags. I'm trying to get there, but I'd rather buy a house in another, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Bro, she doesn't love me anymore, but she has everything. You don't have the power to make her love you. But with the power of the great helper, the Holy Spirit begins to do things in your life that look at your neighbor and say, you couldn't do by yourself. You, could, you couldn't. You think my wife married me because I dress well and I have a hairline and I lost 60 pounds? No. I am not attractive enough for her to like me. But since she has the Holy Spirit on the inside of her, the same spirit that's in her is, guess what? Inside of me. And that attracted one another. <laughs> Write this down. Sometimes the reason why it's not working is because you're looking through your lens. God, it doesn't seem to be working out for me. And he's like, I gave you glasses, prescription, 100%. It's called the Holy Spirit. But if I buy you the glasses and they stay on the shelf and you say that you're blind, whose fault is it? We're not interested in having people here at AWC walking around aimlessly thinking that they're struggling. You're only struggling because you haven't accepted somebody say the helper. This is good. God the Father, he's a creator. He's in God the Son, he was sent to earth to die. Once he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit, he saved us. And then where did he go? To the right hand of God the Father. Then he left us this thing called the Holy Spirit. He is the helper. But where is his location supposed to be? And this is the problem, is that many of us say this, but when you knock on your chest, it's hollow because there's nobody there. Come on. Come on. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Let me prove to you why you have to accept the Holy Spirit. Because if any ministry that teaches you that God is going to force him his way into your heart is a lie. Look at your neighbor say, Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit are a gentleman. Which means that the same way that you want him to pay for the bill, sweetheart, God wants you to show up. Let me prove to you that the Holy Spirit just doesn't enter your body once you get saved. Look at your neighbor and say, you have to make a decision. Genesis 1 and 2. It says, in the beginning, God created the, and the, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was which means that he didn't have a home. The Holy Spirit was hovering over the dark and over everything because there wasn't a person there to receive him yet. Had Adam not fell, 
God the Father and God the Son would have remained the same person. Okay, 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 okay. Had Adam and Eve got it right, the books of the Bible would have been relegated to Genesis 1. God would have said, and it was good. There would have been no need for Jesus. There would have been no need for blood. There would have been no need for sacrifice. There would have been no need for any of that. Because everything, say this curse word, say everything was perfect. But if I keep teaching you this thing that Jesus came to save your soul, I'm lying to you. Jesus came to not just save your soul. He came to put the Holy Spirit inside of you so that he could get back to his work, which is hovering over the earth. You want to know how the, how the Holy Spirit hovers over the earth? Is when the location of the Holy Spirit stops being a question mark and it begins to be you. This is what your life looks like, though. You're saved, but you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. So your life is being covered by grace. And the Holy Spirit is hovering over you, but he's not in you. So you'll walk around thinking, man, there's got to be more. There's got to be more, God. Like, God, why aren't you talking to me? And God's like, the person that I sent to talk to you is above your head, though. You got to accept him. I really wish that the Holy Spirit was called like the Holy Spirit of David so that we can call him so that we would believe it more. The Holy Spirit of Samantha. Ooh, she kind of, she sound kind of fine. Hey, Samantha. <laughs> What's up, girl? You can feel my heart if you want to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but we're living our lives like this, trying to ask God, where's your power? Why aren't you moving? And God's like, I'm in heaven. I created everything I was supposed to. I even gave you Jesus who gave you power through saving. And then I left you the Holy Spirit. But you still blame me for why you're broke. And then they will turn an entire denomination out of the lie. God wants you to be broke. And then they'll put this word called humility on it. I don't know about you, but if the word humility is attached to the word broke and I can't do for my wife what I want it to be, I'm really not interested. If me going on a trip makes you feel some type of way, that's good. Why? Because it shows that you desire so much more for your life. Let me get back to what I'm, let me get back to what I'm, let me get back, let me get back, let me get back. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the Spirit of God, somebody say, hovered over the surface of the waters. The minute that Adam and Eve were created, the Spirit of God went from hovering right into them. How? Because God grabbed the man, and he did what? He blew the Spirit of truth inside of him. Do you ever hear Adam pray to God when he's in the Garden of Eden? Adam never says, God, help me. Adam never says, God, I need, he doesn't spend his time praying. He spends his time doing. That's the kingdom. We don't want you just to pursue. We want you to actually experience. What if I told you right now when you go to your house and you started to talk to your family and your friends that what came out of your mouth was actually going to happen? What if I told you that your son that's addicted to drugs, if you went home and laid hands on him and it worked, what would you do? Y'all, how many of y'all be like, I love what's going on here? but I'm out, I'm going to find my son in the streets. Why? Because you can think that it's me that's giving you the power, but the Holy Spirit helps us by giving us access to the gifts of God. I'm not powerful. Because I have the Spirit in me, there are some benefits. I'm really trying to teach you. 
to this, this, this morning. Is, is that okay? I'm trying to learn you something. There is no such thing as somebody working in the power and the ministry of healing. They are being given access to the power of healing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Benny Hinn is not a healer. The oil that they put in is not, they didn't, they didn't bless it. The spirit is in whatever that is. Man does not have anything to give you. That's why here at AWC, we're not interested, for those of you that are watching online, and you only come to AWC because you know our faces. Because if it's only built on us being iconic, our lives get great, and the people in the seat just come to listen to somebody that dresses cool. It's not the kingdom. The kingdom is for the same life that you think I have because I'm great, for you to have inside of you because the one inside of you is great. That's why we teach you these things. The church is so hard on us. It is because you got to do the work. Look at your neighbor and say that curse word, work. You want to lose 60 pounds, but you don't want to go to the gym. I don't know how this isn't going to work. You got to do the work. Look at your neighbor and say, do the work. Which means that every sermon isn't going to be sunshine and rainbows. Some of them you're going to have to work with. You're going to have to work through it. God doesn't allow us to monopolize his gifts. Want me to prove it? A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. That's the word. So if your ministry sets people free but it never helps them, it's not a gift from God. The only reason why I'm going to read to you these gifts of the spirit is because you're supposed to use them to do what? Help others. To one person, who gives? The spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, guess what? The same spirit gives a message of special knowledge, wisdom. The same spirit gives great faith. To another and to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the, soul, from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and, say it with me strong, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all of these gifts which debunks this conversation that other people are born better than you. They've known God longer. People that have known God for five minutes have more power than I do. That's why at this organization, you can see somebody that was walking in an alternative lifestyle yesterday and they're serving the next week. You really let them serve at your church? Yeah, we, you let me teach. I was addicted. I was depressed in, 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 in some stuff. Oh, so what you're saying is that if I can't do the show, then I don't have the same spirit on the inside of me? Look at your neighbor say, I'm not better than you. Look at your other neighbor say, you're not better than me. But point up to heaven and say, but greater is he that lives on the inside of me. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. 
Different gifts, same spirit. Different skills, same God. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. I saw this dumb question on Instagram and Facebook. And usually I don't like block people and unfriend them because that's silly. Like, why did you friend them before? You knew what they were about. But I digress, okay? God's still working on me. Can I get some grace? Somebody throw grace at me, one, two, three. Thank you. Okay, all right. I'm just like y'all. Why do pastors not want to tell people that they mess up? That's just so silly to me. Anyway, vulnerable moment. But this person said, do you think it's biblical for women to be pastors? And like the spit on the inside of me did the, uh, the Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Therefore, I give you male and female. Male that has the seed and female, the one that has the womb. Two different sex, the same spirit. Any ministry that has ever told you, ma'am, that you're good enough to lead praise and worship and be with the babies, but they never used your gift of teaching, I apologize. Any ministry that made you wear certain things because they didn't teach the boys how to have self-control. Teach the women modesty, but don't get on these kids. No, the boys need to learn self-control and the women need to learn how to be women. And being a woman isn't justified by what you wear. It's justified by how you walk. Here at AWC, we don't come after what you wear. We look at your limp and we try to fix it. We're not a ministry that's trying to divide people among sexes, saying that men are more powerful than women. Because I can promise you one thing. Men can pray for me, but there's nothing like intercession from a woman. Three o'clock in the morning and she's walking the corridors of the house. You will not take my son. And people laugh at that kind of stuff. But how many of you, it was somebody with old knees. With old knees. And a bonnet on. Shuffling because she can't pick her feet up because she had knee surgery. Who prayed you through the mess that you... Okay, I'm done with y'all too saved. Somebody that's three times your age. Walking through the corridors. Laying hands on you in the middle of your night. You wake up smelling like baby oil because they didn't have enough olive oil because she used the last of it to make biscuits for you. But somebody prayed for you because they said the same spirit that's on the inside of me, God. Before I go up to heaven, would you please visit my son? Would you please visit my granddaughter? Somebody screamed, somebody prayed for me. They didn't pray for you just because they loved you. They prayed for you because they wanted you to receive this thing called the helper. Somebody shout hallelujah. Jesus appoints you, but the Holy Spirit equips you. Okay, 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 okay. God is the anointed one. Daddy shared this with me earlier. God is the anointed one. Jesus gave you access to the anointing, and the Holy Spirit is the anointing. So you can be walking around thinking that you're touched by God, but you're not anointed. How many conferences have you been to? Please zoom in. Please zoom in. Sister, sister, sister Saint, Brother Bishop. How many churches have you been to? Thinking because you left the last one because it was too hard. You went to another church and it was really easy and you felt nothing. Maybe because the spirit chooses where he wants to reside. And look at your neighbor and say, the spirit lives here. Somebody scream and say, the spirit lives here. Here we go. Point number four. 
this good? This is good. Clap once. There you go, Jason. There's some more uh, evidence for you. Write this down. Point number four. The Holy Spirit guides your walk, supplies your talk, and commands your heart. Remember, let's go back. I want to make sure you understand this. The, the, the enemy will try to pervert, he will, he, the enemy will try to pervert and divide anything that gives us power and dominion. What is that? Say the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. If I can make you think that he's not a person, you will never have a personal relationship with him. Okay, right? You have to, your personal relationship with God comes through the Holy Spirit. Okay, all right. So the next thing is the Holy Spirit helps us by giving us access to the gifts of God. And number four, write this down, please. The Holy Spirit guides your walk, supplies your talk, and commands your heart. What is walk, talk, and heart? Let's go to Galatians 5, 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves, which means that if you're dealing with sin, it's not because you're a bad person. It's because everybody's dealing with the same thing. But in the church, we can make you feel that your craving for sin is your problem and it's your fault. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not your fault. And I'll point to everybody around you. See, we're all dealing with the same thing. Even standing here teaching the word of God, I'm fighting sin. You never get so saved that sin is no longer a problem. Every person that you see in this room, look at your neighbor and say, it's a day-by-day journey. I've only been married for a year, and there are days that I choose to love my wife. You don't think that there's a different type of grace for a brother that's been with her for 30 years? That brother look at me and be like, dog. Dog. I said a whole story with that. You see, I'm going to do it one more time. Catch it. Do you want to catch the story? Dog. Bruh. That's a whole story. Look at your neighbor and say, bruh. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful in nature desires are. But look at your neighbor and say, some of us need a little bit of help. So growing up, um, I didn't party, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke. But my parents, they taught us that people that smoked, people that drank and had tattoos, that they were no different. You know, there are some denominations that think that you're going to hell by having a tattoo. When you say that, you're saying that what God did on the cross is not powerful than ink on somebody's skin. They didn't let me serve because I have a tattoo. Are you kidding me? If the pastor told you who he really... Okay, let me go, let me go back. So... Bruh, see, whole story. Y'all gonna do that this week. Your son gonna be acting up in the grocery store. You're gonna be like, bruh, I'm gonna I'm get in the cart. How about, <laughs> uh, I, I, went to this, I went to this party because my parents gave me this opportunity. They said, if you keep your GPA, what was it, over, above a 3, 5, 3.0, um, if I did that, that I could stay on campus. And the end of the story is this. Sometimes when you want something really bad because you've never experienced it, you should have never experienced it. So I move into the dorms. Within the first month, the dorms next to us burn to the ground. <laughs> a couple months later, uh, the next dorm, somebody left the door open. Because if, listen, please listen, and I don't know why I'm feeling this way. For those of you that are going to college, young ladies specifically, young men specifically, do not tell them where you, where you live. I just want to walk with you to your dorm. I'm good. Which area campus do you live? I'm fine. Don't let people use your student ID. Don't let people, don't open up and prop your dorm room door open. This is the Holy Spirit too, okay? Yes, he's cute and he paid for your lunch, but the price that you're going to pay for what you do with this guy, I'm telling you, he doesn't need to know where you are. 
You know what car is yours. If he's following you, go to the grocery store. Don't let them know what car. Can we be honest and open? Don't let him know what car you're getting into. The Holy Spirit can help you, but if you decide to work against him, his help goes in the trash. Okay. I, I just had to say that. But he's cute. Not as cute as a degree. Trust me. Because the degree, if I didn't have the degree, I would have got a different caliber of woman. Okay, let me. Yeah, I'm going to teach. I'm going to teach. I'm going to teach. So I went to a party. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bruh. Went to a party with my friend. My friend Tyler was like, hey, bro, come out, come out, come out. And I was doing my best to, like, do right. I was coming to church, serving, worshiping God, leading worship, but I was empty. Coming to church, worshiping, leading worship, empty. I led your high school students to a God that I wasn't experiencing. Which means that some people cannot be experiencing God, but they know how to get to him. Sometimes there's more damage because I know what he's supposed to do in my life, but I'm too stubborn to let him do it. Can we get real? So I'm in my dorm. My friend Tyler comes by. Yeah! We're going out. This is another thing. In college, if and when you ever go out, whip your own car. Bro, it's 2 o'clock. You picked the girl up. You were over there drinking, like doing all this other stuff. You ain't tired, bro. Take me home, bro. 2 o'clock in the morning. Hey, bro, what's the move? What's the move? I got to work in three hours. What do you mean? I'm on all mess tonight, bro. I don't want to sleep, bro. Another party. Then we going to change. Then a party bus. I'm like, bro, let's go home. Drive your own car. Look at your neighbor so I can get over this. Say, drive, drive. Your, own your own car. I did it. Got my own car. I was like, I'll meet you there. Went to this party. And I won't tell you where it was, but it was here in Omaha. And this party was literally from, from hell. And you're laughing. I'm so serious. Walked inside, and uh, I was like, bro, why is there a mattress on the floor in that room? And Buddy told me, bro. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go this way. I saw white stuff on a table that wasn't snow. Um, I saw what I thought. Where's Jeremy at? You hear Jim? I saw this bowl that I thought was fruit snacks. So I'm going crazy. What? They brought gummy bears and gushers. Oh, I'm about, why is it wet? This is, bro, they got pineapples? Why is the pineapple red? And I went to eat. And every time I went to eat, my friend Tyler would come and snatch the bottle. He'd come and snatch. I thought it was fruit. He told me, no, that's called jungle juice. I don't know. I'm a church boy trying to fill this feeling. I'm empty on the inside, leading worship, feeling nothing, and going back home. That's the story. This is what we call bleeding in the church. But as long as you can sing good, we want you on the platform. Because we're not really worried about your, we want you to serve. We don't care about your soul. Here at AWC, please zoom in. If you're going to be a part of the nation, you got to do it healthy. You're saying I'm sick? Yes. We all are. So I went to this party and like, my friend was like, hey, Josh, you know, at this party, some people need some help. When they walk through the doors, in order for them to act outside of their character and to get it out of them, they need, they need some help. And um, my friend Tyler, he began, uh, he began telling me that, like, some people, they need, they need this. The pastor has beer in the church. If you miss the illustration based on what's in my hand, you're at the wrong church. Okay. He said um, people need this to help them. Because when they, they walked in here different, they talk different, and they'll act different. How many of you have ever known somebody that walks different after this? They talk 
different after this. They do what? They act. It's some of you in the room. No condemnation. This is just the poison that you've picked. For some other people, it's pornography. For some other people, it's lying and bamboozling and looting. It's just your turn now. If you have to... I'm going to wait until it transitions. Do people see me? If you have to continue asking, is it sinful, you have not been saved. Is it okay if I? You don't know the Holy Spirit. Because then your walk and your talk will change from is, can I to what should I? So my, my, my friend Tyler, AWC Nation, please tap in. Don't get bored because I'm trying to help you all. He began to tell me that some people need help to be authentic, Joshua, but you don't need it. He says, some people, they come to the party that already has drinks, but they come with what they know helps them. Oh, my God. They got jungle juice, but what I got, this going to get me turned. This going to get me lit. This going to get me sauce. This is going to get me to the point where I am under the influence. And based off of how, glory to God, based off of how much of this I drink, because one isn't enough. I got another one, and this becomes my help. To the point where we have some people that are functioning alcoholics. I want to share with you that there is something as functional spirituality. Where people are only useful if they're using their spiritual gift to set people free. But they're not good husbands. They're not good wives. They're not good students. They're not good employees. But if you give them the glory, they're a good person. And based off of how much of this I can get in my body, my walk will change. What does the walk look like? What does the... What does the talk sound like? Ah, boy, you know what I'm talking about. We were over there. <laughs> Yo! Yo, man, you crazy, bro. Oh, 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 man. I was at this party, and I couldn't tell the difference between the party and worship. Glory! But it's like there's no power. Seems like you're under the influence of a spirit, but not the spirit. They even call these wines and spirits, meaning that if we can market something to put inside of your body that's poison enough, it'll change the way you walk. It'll change the way you talk, and it'll change the way that you act. So every time I tried to get a bottle, Buddy was like, nope, you don't need this. Nope, you don't need this. Nope, you don't need this. And I'm like getting lit, going crazy. He was sober enough to help me. That's why you can lead somebody to Christ and be rolling something. You can lead somebody to Christ and be high. Because sometimes it takes you going down to the valley that they're at to meet them. People strung out. People on drugs. People doing all this stuff in the party. But there was this thing that every time I tried to drink, he wasn't in me, but he was, he was covering me. I tried to pick stuff up. And people didn't see me. I think they saw something that was on top of me. Like, I don't know what it is about you, but you probably shouldn't do that. And I would go home. I'm like, bro, I'm trying to sleep with women, bro. I'm trying. And it ain't working. 
Y'all make it look so easy. But there was something that was over me that I think my mama prayed over me. Some of the stuff that missed you has nothing to do with you, Yahida. Somebody prayed for you. Some of the stuff you're dealing with, it's not because you're cute and you got waves in your light skin. It's because somebody had enough spirit inside of them, Holy Spirit, even if they never accept you. Just hover. Just, just hover. Just don't, just don't let anything get to them. Just, just hover. Somebody shout glory! Some people, they call this liquid courage. But here's the thing, in order to keep the high and in order to keep the feeling, guess what you gotta do? Every week, you gotta invest. You gotta invest in another one of these. You gotta invest in another one of these. And I was in a worship service after the party. In the party, something told me, Joshua, go home. It's the first time I ever experienced the Holy Spirit. At 22 years old, been in church my entire life, but I couldn't tell you what the voice of God was. I could teach you on it and you could feel it, but I had never spoken tongues for real. And in this party, something, look at your neighbor say something. Something said, boy, go home. Go home. And I'm like, but the homies rode with me? Like, I'm responsible to them. And the Holy Spirit said, go Go home. Got my car. Drove back, to, drove back to my house. There was a young lady in my dorm room. When I say in my dorm room, everything that I wanted and needed at the time. Can I be honest with you? And I walked into the dorm room. I was trying to figure out if I wanted to be with her. And I called a friend. You know who you are. I said, Kylan, I need you to help me. I don't need you to pray for me. I don't need you to, I don't need no scriptures. I need you to get up out of your bed. I need you to come and pick me up. He didn't say, but you got a car. I bet. You need some people in your life that are so spirit filled. That in the midst of you doing what you're doing, they don't ask no questions. They are sent by the Holy Spirit to do what? Help you. Under the influence. I'm going to have to finish this later because I feel the Spirit's already here. I got so many more points. But this is, this is your life. You're trying, to, you're trying to fill a feeling. You're trying to F-I-L-L and F-E-L-L. You're, you're trying to fill. You're trying to fill a spiritual part of you with the wrong spirit. Paul was so bad, Paul said, I would wish that you wouldn't be filled by wine because it'll ruin your life. But moreover, I pray that you would be filled with the Spirit. The way that you experience the kingdom of God isn't by our church. It's by accepting the Spirit because the fruits of the Spirit are not the gifts of the Spirit. Do you want love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all that type of stuff? Guess what? It comes when the Spirit is on the inside of you. 
Because the same way that this changes your walking, your talking, how you act. If I can get this living water. It says that once you drink this, that's all you need. The word of God says that, okay, no, I got you, bro. I got you, bro. I feel you pulling. But I'm an addict. I'm addicted to alcohol. Just because I was free from addiction doesn't mean I'm no longer an addict. The spirit says what? The word says that once you have the spirit on the inside of you, he gives you the desire. Yes, I want to do all the bad things that I did before, but because I have the right spirit inside of me, my walk changed and, and my talk changed and the way in which I act changed. Listen, this is it. I'm not going to waste any more time. I got points, but I think that the Holy Spirit's already in the room. The point of this entire sermon series, y'all, is for you to experience, not AWC, but to experience freedom through the kingdom. That's the point. Yes, it's cool. Don't you want to go to sleep and actually sleep? Aren't you tired of looking at your kids and you can't give them the life that you wanted them to have? Aren't you tired of being late to four different jobs? Your body's not built to have four different managers. I'm not saying that you don't need to own your business, but you don't need six people telling you what to do with your time. There's at least 12 people in the room. You're tired of this. This is expensive. This is ginger ale, by the way. I needed that. I didn't know how much I needed that. We sing these songs, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We're not talking about him being welcome in the room. I'm trying to get him free, Chad. Do my best. It's Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, it's not what our hearts, it's what my heart longs for. To be, to be, over, to be overwhelmed. You want to know what overwhelmed looks like? I want you to take two seconds and think about the stuff that should have taken you out. And the spirit of overwhelmed is going to walk into the room. One, two, three, think about it. I'm overwhelmed. I was supposed to be in a car accident when we were seven years old. I should be dead. But God, you're, the spirit was. And if the spirit can save my soul just by hovering, what can it do for me if I get it? If I get this thing on the inside of me? You mean this thing that this church is talking about love, hope, dominion, and power that I can feel it at the crib and not just on Sundays? Let us become more aware of your presence you got to know what you're singing let us experience the glory of your goodness let's go to the verse you know the verse what's the verse I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves 
where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and change the way I think. The spiritual gifts, which is the glory God is where my heart longs for. To not be able to stand up straight when I think about the goodness of Jesus. You shouldn't be able to stand up straight. You shouldn't, you shouldn't. At this church, you shouldn't be able to sit there stone-faced and think of the goodness of God in your life. You shouldn't, there shouldn't be dry patches underneath people's cheeks when they think about the glory of God. Like, you shouldn't be able to stand. At some point in time, like, it should get to this point, like, I don't know why, but there's some, I don't, I know I'm not a good person. I, I don't know what it is. How many of you would love a series just on this? Just talk about the Holy Spirit. Come flood this place and change the atmosphere. Here it is. Here it is. Last thing. Acts 19, 2 through 6. Stand, stay where you are. Don't, don't be moved. If you need to, put your mask on and move. Do, do, do what you need to do. Acts 19, 2 through 6. Listen to this. Paul. Paul says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He's talking to these, uh, uh, he's, he's talking to theologians. He's talking to people that followed the works of Jesus, but they never knew the Holy Spirit. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them, and they said, what? No, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. We've heard we should tithe, we heard we should show up and serve, but nobody ever told us that there's a helper. So Paul says, what? Then what baptism did you experience? <laughs> baptism by water is not as important as baptism in the Holy Spirit. Getting dipped in water doesn't save you from sin. This does. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. Listen to this. As soon as they heard this, they didn't ask any questions. They didn't ask any questions. All they asked was somebody say, how? As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Paul laid his hands on them. And guess what? The Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. I wanna make sure you understand something. Speaking in tongues is one of the signs of the Holy Spirit. If you can't speak in tongues, that's not a demand. It needs to be a desire. You won't be used any less at this church because you can't speak in tongues. That's silly because I didn't start really speaking in tongues until I was 21, which means that I used 21 years of faking it. And I'm just letting you know, God doesn't care about how much you fake it until you get to the point where you actually use it. 